You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers Friday edition at BD Peacock on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker. And we might have a little special guest showing up here for segment number two in just a few minutes. Injury report is out for the 49ers who will play, who will not Sunday and who is questionable for week two against the Philadelphia Eagles. I do want to let everybody know about a brand new show coming on the network Monday and it features my guy Eric Crocker. Croc, uh, are you pumped? Do you have everything outlined? What's this going to look like with the brand new relaunch of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast? Oh, man. Ryan, Tracy, and I, we, we are excited to get this thing going and really get down to nitty-gritty of not just college football, but how guys are transitioning into the NFL. We're going to touch on some guys that are second-year players, third-year players, you know, what our analysis were on those guys, how they are playing, how is that planning out in the NFL and obviously talk about, you know, just key games around the college football landscape and definitely key prospects. So, uh, you know, we, we, we balance each other out extremely well. He's more of an analytical guy as opposed to me being more of a film player coach, coaching perspective. But, uh, man, I am excited to talk some college football with him. And we're also going to have some guests on. So you guys uh, stay tuned for that as well. Yeah, I like that you you, you have to learn from – players transitioning to the NFL I think it's important to follow rookies follow second year players learn from that learn from that transition and then apply that to the college game and the transition to the NFL and the NFL draft it gets really easy to just focus only on college football this guy's the best this year and he's got these traits but I think you learn from the transition then you go back and you apply that when you are trying to project players into the NFL so I think that's important and I'm, I'm glad to hear that and I'm super excited to tune in Monday to the very first episode of the relaunch of the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast with Eric Crocker and Ryan Tracy. Find them on YouTube, Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcast. So wherever, whatever app you're using right now, go subscribe to the Locked On NFL Draft. Do yourself a favor. And do me a favor. <laughs> do, do that right now. Do Let's Croc go. a favor. Do that right now. You can even pause <laughs> this show because uh, we've got some fun stuff coming up here. And Croc, you are in New York currently is where I'm talking to you, but you're on your way to Philadelphia to be in the seats and watching this football game. Are you pumped for that? Have you met up with some 49ers fans yet? I have not met up with 49ers fans yet. I'm not as pumped to actually go to the game. I I was more excited about just kind of the experience of going to a place where I haven't been. I haven't been to Philadelphia. Um, Actually, since my workout, I actually had an NFL private workout with them. They flew me in. It was extremely cold, but I got to see like Michael Vick and all that. But anyways, uh, I have never really been around the city of Philly. So I was excited about that, excited with getting with fans. The game, I typically like to go, and I've, I go to games all the time, and I've been to a ton of games, but I really like and get excited for the games when someone like special is playing, like an Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, you know, seeing those type of that guys where I'm like, man, I'm, I'm glad I got to see that. I, I don't get that from this game. Like there's nobody where I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm so excited to watch this guy. It's a good matchup, but it doesn't really move the needle for me. I disagree with you there, Croc, because I'm going to lean on you. I want to get – because – and anybody who's been to an NFL game knows it, it's different. When you see a guy like that, Aaron Rodgers, or you see, you see the ball fly out of their hands live, it's different. 
And I know there are some folks that are like, ah, who cares if Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch go see these quarterback prospects in person? We were talking about the NFL draft leading up to it. And it's like, it's important. It's different seeing the ball fly out of someone's hand. It's different when you see speed on TV versus speed live to see how somebody moves. So I'm going to ask you about that. And then it'll be interesting to see what it looks like when you come back and watch the film later next week and break down this game and what you saw live. And then what you see when we go back and watch it and how different the perspectives are for me and you, me watching on TV and you watching live there um, in Philadelphia. But guys like Devonte Smith, how does that look when he moves? Why is he so good? What is the, what is the movement pattern that gets him open that makes him good versus somebody else whose height, weight, speed might look as or more impressive. Um, and Trey Lance, too. What's the difference with the ball flying out of Trey Lance's hands and flying out of Jimmy Garoppolo's hands? And hopefully Trey Lance does throw a few passes so you get that perspective live. Those are the things I'm going to be looking right. for from your analysis. And and the, the cool thing is, and my brother and I, we, we, just, we talk football. It's just on a different level of how we talk to each other. And he's a quarterback guy and a receiver guy. So we'll be watching everything and seeing how the concepts play out and possibly where the ball should go what the quarterbacks are thinking, kind of what's going through their brain. We'll be talking through that as we're watching the game because of where we're sitting, we'll be able to see the full, full field. So um, that is one thing I'm, I'm interested in. But I still, I'm not excited for any one player, which typically I, I like to be when I'm going to games. Well, maybe you will be more excited after you see the player live and be like, right. hey, this guy. If Trey, Lance, guy. if Trey Lance comes in and he starts to do some special things, then I will be extremely excited that I got to see just the early stages of what it looked like watching him in person. Because obviously it won't be the last game that I'll go to mm. where Trey Lance starts and I get to see the start of it and then how he progresses as his career goes on. You know what I want to see is the speed from the newest 49er, Trenton Cannon. Did you see the video of him in college? With this crazy <laughs> yeah, speed he's got? It looked like a video, not even like a video game. It looked like everybody else was on like, I don't know, Hall of Fame mode, and he was on rookie mode. Because when you're a rookie mode, like, the game is easier for you. Yes. And he shot through there, and, and it was a different speed. And that's what I'm used to seeing for Kyle Shanahan, what he wants from a running back. Just finding these guys, these diamonds in the rough. I don't want to say they're diamond in the rough, but because, you know, he was on, like, with two previous teams. Yeah. But finding the guy that he feels fits what he wants to do from a schematic standpoint and being able to utilize that asset. And that guy at least on that play, looked like a burner. So Carrion Johnson, they signed to the practice squad, but Trenton Cannon, they claimed off waivers, which, which means he's on the 53. So I think he's got potential to be used as a kick returner, but his profile, it's, it's oddly similar to Ricky Mostert because he's, he's already bounced around to a few teams. He's, uh, he just turned 27 years old, actually, uh, just a, a few days ago or maybe a month ago or so. Um, but he, small school guy, so that's part of it on tape because you see a legit 4-4 speed or even 4-3 speed from this guy who's 5'11", 185, Trenton Cannon. He's fast. Um, I don't know if he's going to be suited up for the 49ers this week or not, but I think he has an opportunity to at least play some special teams and be a kick returner for the Niners. But um, that legit speed, he's at, he played at Virginia State, and I think that clip of him with his long touchdown run, you can find it on my Twitter is against like Florida International or one of those. So it's a small school situation, but the way he pulls away, nobody's even in the screen anymore. Uh, he's got speed, at least. So one thing he has is speed. And I think the Baltimore Ravens wanted to put him back on their practice squad, but they will not have the chance because now he's the 49ers running back four. But we'll see who actually has a uniform. Now that'll be telling if Trent Cannon, because maybe he's returning kicks or something, gets a uniform and is active and Trey Sermon is not, then I think you can sound the alarms on Trey Sermon. 
Definitely. Um, I've been telling people, don't panic. You know, it's just been one week. But if something like that happens, where you just sign a guy off of the street and he plays over your third-round pick, I might have to sell Trey Sermon yeah. off my fantasy teams. And I have him on, like, two teams, two leagues. Absolutely. Um, looking at the final injury report after practice Friday, out is Dre Greenlaw. And he is going to miss four to six weeks, I've seen. And I've seen six to eight weeks as well. Uh, projected for Dre Greenlaw to miss time because of groin surgery. Do you think that was uh, something that affected Dre Greenlaw? Because he didn't have a great... He had the pick six, actually, which saved his game because he was getting knocked around in the running game. He was trying to like run around blocks instead of take on blocks. I saw... Lions center Frank Ragnow get out there and get him on the second level a couple times. And I think that was, you know, it was the interior defensive line, but it was also Dre Greenlaw and the linebackers and the safety is like, it was a team effort why the Lions were able to run up the gut on the 49ers last week. And I didn't like it. Right. I, I think Greenlaw and I was talking to one of my former coaches, who's a D line guy, defensive line, offensive line guy. And he was talking about the wide nine and kind of what Chris Eric wants from his guys and the interior guys where they're off the defensive line, they are taught to get upfield right now with speed. And that can open up holes. But then when that happens, you need your linebacker to take on the pulling lineman, square up. And Greenlaw was moving to the side and wasn't taking them on from that way. And that was creating these massive holes. Yeah. Uh, so I think between him and we'll see how Aziz takes on those blocks. Does he end up doing the same thing Greenlaw does? and is a little bit undisciplined in his run lanes, or does he do that? And if so, I mean, we saw the coverage aspect of Aziz. I thought he did very well from that standpoint. And now it's just, you know, the tackling, he runs around well. I, I, I've seen a lot of people talk about the 49ers injuries. Like, oh, man, and, and the, I wouldn't sound the alarm. Uh, one thing I've noticed about the 49ers injuries right now is, like, it's not their main guys. Like, last year, by week three, you had, you were missing Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle, D. Ford, Nick Bosa, Richard Sherman. Like, that was bad. You know, it's just literally every one of your best players. Now, as long as you're not missing your core guys, and it is a guy like Dre Greenlaw, and I don't want to just diminish his role, but you can kind of plug and play somebody else there. Even uh, Raheem Mostert, you can plug and play a different running back and still be productive. They'll be fine. They'll be fine there. Now, no ma- Now, if you start to have these those key guys go down especially two of them at a time or whatever the case is then i would panic about injuries but right now i think what we've seen are just injuries that happen around the league not so much just the four to the 49ers right yeah i mean verrett hurts um but you know quarterback fred warner nick bosa those are the real trent key Tate, trent, trent trent williams like yeah, you don't want to lose those guys, right? Exactly, and and long term as well too. So if it's like you know right. someone's dealing with a knee and they're questionable, that's not a huge deal. Let's actually get into that injury report, and uh, we'll talk about a keys to victory a little bit later after we talk to our special guest coming up. So Drake Greenlaw's out. Emmanuel Mosley with his knee injury is still doubtful, and Javon Kinlaw might actually suit up. He's questionable rather than doubt right now with his knee that's been swelling they're trying to monitor that situation Eric Armstead adductor injury is questionable as is linebacker Marcel Harris with an oblique injury so the 49ers getting pretty thin at linebacker I did like Al Shayer you're right I think big stock up for Al Shayer after week one so they should be okay but uh fouls or uh, yeah Flanagan fouls looks like he's going to be involved in the game plan as linebacker three especially if 
Marcel Harris can't play. So getting a little thin at linebacker. But really, the big one is in the secondary. So um, and this is going to pop up a little uh, advance notice. This is going to pop up in our keys to victory, I'm sure. So if Mosley can't go, Verrett's out. You're looking at Josh Norman and Lenore starting. It's not a ton of speed on the outside. Do, do you start to get worried? Or, or are you pretty confident in what Josh Norman is going to be for the 49ers if he is the starting corner? I don't like the matchup. Um, already the 49ers don't really have blazers in their secondary. I, I would say Mosley is the fastest one, but if he's dealing with lower body injuries, then maybe that kind of slows him down. When you look at what Philadelphia wanted to do, and again, we'll get to the keys to victory, but their first three passes were all like screen passes to Quez Watkins, who's like the fastest player on their team. And getting out, you know, getting guys like that out in space, especially against a Josh Norman or even Kawan Williams, who's not the fastest, fastest of guys, that that can kind of be trouble. So from that standpoint, you would definitely like to have a healthy Emmanuel Mosley out there. I'm just not sure exactly how you know healthy he is. All right. Special guest coming up. Then we will get to our keys to victory and get ready for week two in the Philadelphia Eagles next. There are always interesting new flavors at Built.com. I love when I get a package of Built Bars because they're delicious. They are high in protein. They are low in calorie. They are low in sugar, and they're a perfect snack on the go. If you skip breakfast, which I do often, just grab a Built Bar when you're walking out the door. Need to fuel a workout. Double chocolate, coconut, coconut, almond. I'm always surprised by it, but there's a lot of coconut lovers out there. So if you're one of them, apparently the coconut flavor is the way to go for you. But yeah, I always lean toward the peanut butter brownie, which is only 180 calories, 19 grams of protein in that one, and only 5 grams of sugar. Raspberry Built Bar, only 130 calories with 17 grams of protein and only 4 grams of sugar. Go find your favorite flavor of Built Bars at Built.com. And get 15% off with promo code LOCKED15. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. A very special guest joining us on this Friday episode. We did not have a Winky Wednesday, but you know what we're going to have? For at least one segment, we're going to have a Winky Friday. Let's bring on today's special guest. Nicholas Winkler, come on down! Week, what's happening, my man? Are you stinking on anything coming off a of week one victory for the 49ers? Uh, what's your vibe right now around the Niners heading from week one into week two? And I hope you were able to follow the team close enough from your trip in Yosemite this week. Yeah, luckily I got to watch the game um, on Sunday. You know, no problems there. That was good. We left early Monday morning. Uh, you obviously hate how the game ended. Uh, you don't like the injuries. Uh, you hate turf if you're a 49er fan. It's got this bad... I don't know if it's karma with turf or what, but the last couple of years, man, we've seen a lot of injuries and it's really, it's painful to watch, man. And it, obviously it's more painful for the guy getting hurt, but you know, you, you gotta, you gotta like the win, you know, a W is a W in the NFL and uh, you know, you, you don't like the way it ended, but you move forward and you're one to know, and you're in a, you know, probably the toughest division of football. So you got another tough uh, game coming up this weekend and uh, yeah, hopefully they show up. I did get a lot of questions this week about artificial turf and what's the actual difference and if maybe it was even more difficult to go from grass in practice to turf on a new field in the game. Croc, do you have any insight on that and what it's like to play on turf, what it's like to go from one to the other? Could that add to injury I, even on top of just turf being rougher on your body than grass? I think the main thing that you'll hear most of the time is that the grass, the natural grass, gives more. So your mm. feet are less inclined to stick into the ground. Now, with me, it's weird because 
I just grew up in an area where you just play. We were excited to play on turf, and I never suffered any injuries due to any turf or anything like that. So I, I get what people are saying, and I do believe that there's information out there and statistics that support the fact that more injuries occur on turf as opposed to natural grass. But for me, there was literally no difference. I didn't notice mm-hmm. a difference at all. I just and, – and again, I mean, I grew up playing football on concrete, you know, and wherever we can throw a football around. So I, I think I grew up in an area era that did not care about the surface. So I never paid enough attention to what was easier or harder on my body. I just played football, and I and I personally did not suffer any injuries. You'll see a lot more non-contact stuff. I think it's harder on the big men too when you're pushing around with a 300 pound guy. And we saw that with Nick Bosa last year, where it's just you know someone's pushing on you and your foot doesn't give underneath you and it stays in one spot, so the pressure all goes to your joints. And actually, uh, I have this from the NFLPA. They're trying to get, and it's hard to make teams change or try to get artificial turf to act more like real turf. And it's gotten better. It's not like the old AstroTurf where you could see bumps in the the concrete, like a slab of carpet on concrete concrete but um this data this article is written by jc treader who's an offensive lineman and he is part of the nflpa says based on nfl injury data collected from 2012 to 2018 not only was the contact injury rate lower for lower extremities higher during practices and games held on artificial turf nfl players consistently experienced a much higher rate of non-contact lower extremity injuries on turf compared to natural surfaces specifically players have a 28% higher rate of non-contact lower extremities injuries when playing on artificial turf. Of those non-contact injuries, players have a 32% higher rate of non-contact knee injuries on turf and a staggering 69% higher rate of non-contact foot and ankle injuries on turf compared to grass. So the data supports it anecdotally. Obviously, something's going on there. Um, I don't know if there's any way you can prepare for it, but there's just more injuries on turf than there is on grass. So it would be nice for this league that is doing so much for, uh, you know, protection of players and everything that they're doing with the rule book. They could, to be honest with you, they could throw a lot fewer flags for unnecessary roughness and change the turf and have their players come out healthier on the other side. It seems like, right, Nick? <laughs> like, doesn't it feel that way? Yeah, it really does. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm looking at the schedule here and it looks like, they only have one more game on turf, right? Just that game against the Rams the rest of the season. Yeah, that's nice. That is a good thing. That is a very good thing. Obviously, in Philadelphia here coming up this weekend, um, Wink, what are you excited for? What are you looking for in this game? And our next segment here with Croc is going to be our keys to victory. Do you have any keys you're looking for for the 49ers to come out of this week two game 2-0 and against the Eagles? Yeah, obviously, you know, the secondary worries me. You know, it has to with the, the loss of Jason Barrett and Mosley still not practicing. So you you got to be concerned uh, what they're going to do there. Uh, hopefully the young guys can really step up or even the old guys. You know, maybe we see Josh Norman out there. I, I don't know. But that that obviously is a concern for me. So maybe some pass rush because that, that you know, helps solve, uh, you know, having a, a struggling secondary or a young secondary. It'll definitely make their job a lot easier if they can get some pressure on Hertz. But to me, it all comes down to the running game. You know, if you can control the clock and control the football, uh, I think you, you win this football game. And, you know, Elijah Mitchell looked fantastic. Casey looked good at his brief time. And maybe we see some Trey Sermon, too, coming out here uh, in week two. So to me, it's it's all about that running game and, uh, and trying to get some pressure on their quarterback. 
Wink, I got to ask you, do you have Trey Sermon or Brandon Ayuk on your fantasy teams? And are you selling? Are you trying to buy those guys if you don't have them? Do you expect to see those guys on the field and and making some plays in week two? Because they weren't in week one. You know, it's funny, actually. I I just started in a dynasty league this year for the first time ever. So it's a full draft. And we got Trey Sermon pretty, you know, not early, but, you know, early enough where it was painful to see him be a healthy scratch (laughs) there in week one. Uh, And then in in the Oblong League, uh, I had a a rough week one for my starters. I was able with a pretty high waiver pickup to pick up Elijah Mitchell. So for me, I just hope he keeps rolling right along. Yeah, it's funny in the Oblong yeah. League, Wink, that I play with you and I play with 95.7, the game host in San Francisco, Ryan Covey, who I'll be talking to on the air Friday night for those of you who listen to this podcast Friday morning. Uh, tune in to 95.7, the game for that conversation. And um, I, I, I picked up Elijah Mitchell when I saw the sermon news before the game Sunday. And like almost every league I have, I picked... Elijah Sermon up about five minutes before game time. We have a deeper, we have a shallower roster, shorter bench. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't find room for him. And I'm still kicking myself because I could have replaced him really for anybody. But I was like, ah, I don't right. know about Elijah Mitchell. I wasn't that confident. So the one league I didn't pick him up was that league. But I'm glad he went to a good home. I'm glad you got him. I'll take good care of him. Don't worry. Yeah, okay, good. Uh, he looks like the real deal, right? Yeah. Like, Croc, do you expect, is this like, it's Elijah Mitchell's, backfield right that's the vibe i got because nobody else touched the ball once he got in there i still think that there's an area where he can improve and i think it's with his vision like when he when he when it's just like whatever he's thinking and he's there and he's able to hit the hole he runs hard he runs fast he's explosive he ran through arm tackles all that was excellent but i did think that there were cutback lanes that maybe he just needs to see a little bit more often or just have that experience of missing those cutback lanes so that eventually you know he could start seeing those things and break off some bigger runs so I, I do think that as good of a game as he had it could have actually been even better uh you know as I kind of rewatched the game even when I was watching in person I could see it like oh he missed that cutback oh he missed that cutback but it was kind of like Carlos Hyde his first time running in the in this offense in this blocking scheme but uh I, I think Eliza Mitchell he'll get it if he gets that down yeah It'd be watch yeah, out. Be all right. Yeah, yeah. he's got some speed. Uh, I like the physicality mm-hmm. too. He'll finish a run. So those, and he doesn't have a ton of wiggle either. He's like he when he decides it's the hole, he's going to put his foot in the ground and go. And I think Kyle Shanahan really likes that. And I bet that's mm-hmm. why he's ahead of Trey Sermon on the depth chart is just the decisiveness and like maybe even if it's the wrong hole, he picks a hole and he goes and he goes <laughs> downhill. And uh, he's got speed to break it if it's there. And if not, he's he's physical about it. So I was I was impressed from Elijah Mitchell in Week One. Uh, last one week on Ayuk, he had he had nothing. He had an empty box score. He he had took some snaps, and his snaps were somewhat equal to Trey Sherf, or Trent Sherfield's snaps. Do you think that Ayuk is sort of laying the weeds here in week two, and Shanahan's going to give everyone the middle finger, and then we're going to see Ayuk get you know ten targets and, and a bunch of catches in this game? If you had to place an over under on catches for Ayuk in week two, do you think he's still deep in the doghouse, or do you think he breaks out this week? Yeah, I think they're going to make some plays for him. You know, I think you'll see some little things close to the line of scrimmage, maybe a wide receiver screen, maybe a jet sweep, something like that, just to kind of get him involved. But you said it, he he had snaps. He was on the field. I, I didn't look at the All-22, so I didn't see if maybe he just wasn't getting open when he was out there. You know, there, there's always that. that you know, the quarterback's looking like, nope, I was covered. I'm going to go to my next read. So I think they're going to find a way to get the ball in his hand just because he's, he's a great talent. You know, the guy's got a lot of skills and – you know, it, it, yeah, he, he got hurt, and so he got out of rhythm with the, the you know, the offense and things like that. But, yeah, I, I think I think we see a bunch from Ayuk this weekend. And uh, and I like what I saw from Sherfield, too. I mean, I, just, I like what I saw from Sanu. Like, there's a lot about this football team, especially on offense, that, that looks really good right now. 
Yep, we'll find out if it's the Debo and Elijah Mitchell show. And I have a feeling Kyle Shanahan, it's always so hard to know. It's going to be somebody different every week. That's the vibe I get. Mm-hmm. Like, we think it's going to be those two guys. You start them, and all of a sudden it's Sermon and Ayuk in week two, you know, when you have right. them on your bench. So uh, we'll see how it goes for the 49ers in week two against the Eagles. Croc and I back in just a moment with our keys to victory for week two. DeWink is on fire! Wink, thanks for joining us with this very special segment number two on the Friday show. Since you couldn't be here Wednesday, you were enjoying the lovely mountain air with your family. So I hope you had a good time in Yosemite. Say hi to the fam, and thanks for joining us here with the, for a quickie on Friday. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. Go Niners. See ya. Still plenty of time to get all your bets in for the rest of this week's NFL schedule at betonline.ag. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest. And get a 100% welcome bonus with promo code Locked On. Head over to the website, use your mobile device, your computer, whatever you got to sign up today and receive that 100% welcome bonus. There's news and odds on just about anything you can imagine, from football to basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, Grok, here's our keys to victory in week two. 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. We've already talked about it a little bit, but my number one key to victory is Josh Norman, Diamador Lenore, Versus that speed on the outside for the Eagles. Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins. They're all fast. Watkins the fastest of all of them. Uh, you ta- they, they made some plays down the field in the passing game in week one. Uh, some screens and things. So, And speed, is, it's not just that you're to your backup corners already. It's the speed factor. That's the number one thing for me. Uh, Josh Norman's never been a fast guy. Demo isn't the fastest Uh there was a play last week with Kwan Williams, by the way. It was, uh, I think it was like a slot fade where you could see Kwan is not great in the speed category either. That's, that's, a, that's a slow cornerback group to be facing these guys. And I know they're young, but they're fast. And so th- that's a matchup I'm a little bit worried about. That's going to be one of the huge keys to victory for me in this game. And oh, by the way, looking at PFF's numbers, the percentage of run and pass plays from week one, the 49ers right there, 51% to 49%. 51% passing, 49% ground game. The Eagles were skewed 60-40, 59% pass plays, 41% run plays, and that was with a lead in that game. So they're going to come out throwing. They're going to throw the ball a lot. So get ready. Some, some of those yeah, well, some of those, those pass plays, are kind of long handoffs, mm-hmm. right? Like, again, I, you know, I talked about their, their first three passing plays were all screens to get the ball to Quiz Watkins in space. So, you know, with the 49ers, the one thing I'm, I don't want to say I'm not worried about, but I think, you know, we talked about Kwan Williams and the speed factor, you know, where he kind of lacks that vertical speed, but he's so good off triggering right now um, on anything kind of at or around the line of scrimmage. So it can kind of cancel out. The speed factor from that standpoint, if you don't let Coach Watkins be able to get up to speed, I, I think that's where, you know, that's going to be a key for the 49ers. You know, Shark is going to have to make a guy miss, make a tackle right now in the backfield, and then possibly, uh, you know, make it to where 
Philadelphia does not want to continue doing that because the play is getting blown up for a loss or you know a, a short gain, which ends up putting them in second and long or potentially third and long situations. Croc, do you have a big key to victory you're looking for in this game? No, I think my, you know you look at Miles Sanders and, and the running back that he is, and kind of similar in the standpoint of a pass catcher, a guy that's you know a good fluid mover, has some speed, and we saw that with DeAndre Swift last week where he kind of gave the 49ers a little bit of problems, whether it was in the screen game or, you know, really just both running backs in the, on the ground having some gashing plays. Limiting the big play on the ground as well as through the air, all right? So the explosive plays, as well as the 49ers played last week defensively, they definitely gave up more explosive plays than you ideally would like. So I would like to see them kind of fix that aspect of their game. Running backs don't matter, Croc but run games do. You talked about it a little bit there. That 49ers run D was gouged a little too hard, and I know the defensive line is supposed to play the run on their way to the quarterback in the wide nine scheme. Is it up to the linebackers? Is it up to the interior D line to play better? Uh, is it up to just a collective effort there just with gaps and, and responsibilities? Could uh, Javon Kinlaw come in there and help out in the interior? Will that make a huge difference? I don't know, but um, you can't... They, you, a team can't just run that easily on you right up the gut. So the 49ers got to figure that out. That's definitely one of them. But on the other side, the 49ers running game is one of my keys to victory. Will Sermon be active? Elijah Mitchell and the 49ers offensive line versus a very good Philly defensive line. And it goes the same on the other side. It's good versus good. Both lines are good on offense and defense for both teams. So that's a heavyweight battle. Uh, and whoever wins in the trenches will probably win this football game. So the 49ers have to be strong on both sides. Croc, uh, what are your thoughts on the 49ers offensive line versus the Philly D line and vice versa? Do you think the 49ers can go out there and, and batter a team on the road and win in the trenches and go win this game if it, if it becomes that sort of a, a slug it out affair? Yeah, I think offensively it's definitely not going to be as easy as it was last week where, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't even get touched all game. He was pretty clean mm-hmm. for the majority of that uh, contest. So, I, I, I think that that would be different. So I would like to see, you know, how does Jimmy Garoppolo react to have to make, making, you know, quicker decisions and being able to get the ball out right now as he's taking hits. Clearly, we, we know he's, that's been the strength of his, just kind of staring down the, barrel, the gun barrel and still delivering passes where they need to be. So I'm not as much worried there. I'd say in the trenches, the biggest thing I want to see is how well do the 49ers, do the 49ers defensive line contain Jalen Hurts? Because that's where he kind of can hurt you. He's comfortable playing outside the pocket. Again, he was a guy who coming out of Alabama and then going to Oklahoma, I was like, man, this guy's more of a running back than anything. But he likes to extend plays. He likes to make plays on the move. I saw some throws he threw through with anticipation outside the pocket. And then he also had some gas, uh, gashing runs early in that game off the read option in the 49ers defensive line or linebackers as well have kind of shown this prone to be a little undisciplined. From that standpoint, so I think that's the key to me. The 49ers defensive line has to be as disciplined as they've been versus a quarterback like this. If he makes throws in front of the pocket, great. But you can't let him do what he wants to do and get comfortable with, which is throw outside the pocket. Right, and those things come together. And so, you know, if if he is able to get loose and get out of contain from the pocket, then that allows those speedy wide receivers 
to match up better and have more time to get open and then make big plays. So all those keys to victory are just kind of all intertwined here. So this is a fascinating matchup. It's going to be really fun to watch. And by the way, shout out to Mike on Twitter who asked us the question, do you think the 49ers defense is more prepared for a more a mobile quarterback because they play against Trey Lance in practice? Do you think that's a factor that'll help the 49ers? Because they have had a problem with mobile quarterbacks in the past. Maybe they've gotten more work on that with a legitimate athletic quarterback who can actually throw and practicing against him all summer. I, I don't think it matters. I think you, you can see it all you want, but it's really hard to prepare for the, the off-script play. You know, like there, once it happens in the game, there's nothing you can do about it. You just have to hope that you prevent a guy from being able to do the off-script play. So get to him quicker, right? And you kind of want to limit those type of opportunities for him to be able to play outside the pocket. But, you know, you can try to work to contain a guy as much and really give those looks. You can game plan around the things that you – from a schematic standpoint, so like the read option, boots, you know, things like that, you, you can game plan against that. But if a guy just drops back and then he starts moving around, from that standpoint, however you game plan on it, it's not going to matter. Somebody's just going to have to make a play. And I think that's – and we talk about it with the 49ers because I think, you know, 49ers see Kyler Murray twice a year. They see uh, 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 Russell Wilson twice a year. But really this is a league-wide issue where – it's just really tough to account for the quarterback that can move around and make plays with his legs. We even saw Daniel Jones on Thursday Night Football with this huge run, and he's not thought of as someone like Hertz or um, or Trey Lance or some of the most athletic quarterbacks in the league, but he can scoot a little bit, and it's like, man, it creates such a problem when a quarterback can make plays with their legs, whether it's just on the ground in the run game or staying alive and making big throws. Right, and I, I think Daniel Jones last year or maybe the year before hit 21 miles an hour on the ground. So he's definitely a guy who can move. You you have to be prepared for that aspect of his game. Just like Jalen hurts. You have to really make sure that everybody's disciplined and doing their job. And if one guy is off, the quarterback is reading that you hand the ball off and there's going to be, or you keep the ball and there's going to be a big play, especially with Jalen hurts. I mean, in a hurry, he can be 20 yards down the field. And I mean, that's the aspect that the 49ers have with Trey Lance as well. The, the, difference is Trey Lance is coming in for a play or two and you kind of know a little bit more of what to expect whereas Jalen Hurts is in for the entire game so it's at his disposal whenever he feels like using it. I will say this the Atlanta Falcons look like they might have one of the worst defenses in the NFL so uh, the Eagles definitely have a tougher task this week going against the 49ers even if they're banged up a little bit versus what they saw in week one and it's going to be a lot of fun can the 49ers go 2-0 and Croc is going to be there in Philadelphia so uh, you're going to want to tune in Monday to us breaking everything down from week two 49ers Eagles right here locked on 49ers